Kristen. And welcome to Honest is Hottest, where we talk about shit we weren't allowed to as kids. <laughs> and in this Basically. episode, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. So, we're going to talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, a lot of this podcast is going to be about sex specifically. That's one of the first things that we talked about when we talked about launching this second podcast was... Mm -hmm all about sex and it just kind of branched out from other topics from sex basically and sexuality being yes one sexual orientation but also just like human sexuality in general and mm -hmm. our experiences with sexual sexuality and how we were brought up and so we're not going to get into like a ton of like educational things today, but to kick off talking about those things in later episodes, we're just going to talk about our upbringing with attitudes about sex in our households, our personal experiences with sex. You know, I'll talk about my first time, I guess, <laughs> and things like that. So I'm 28 for reference. So and I will talk about like how long I've been sexually active, what that experience was like for me and the things that I'm, I'm pretty much an open book when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I really always have been. So that's kind of how I feel, but that's not necessarily how I was raised. And so mm -hmm. we'll into that, and we may both be comfortable with different things talking about sex. This is actually not something we have talked about previously about like what we're comfortable sharing and what we're not comfortable sharing so it may change also throughout one this mm -hmm. episode and two later episodes so this will kind of just be an open free discussion about our both of our experiences with sex and growing up with attitudes about sex and both with the religious side and both just culturally where we're from because we're both also from different parts of the country Definitely. I will probably be more of a closed book in the beginning. I mean, we're only in episode three right now. And part of that is because this information is out there for everyone. And it also is a lot about my husband as well. So I don't know if a lot of that information he really wants out there. But for me, honestly, I'm pretty much an open book too, but I'll probably be a little quieter for him. So that's where it's a little different for the two of us. So mm -hmm. only the people that know me personally know who my like first partner is. Right. So that like yeah. when I talk about those experiences, nobody really knows who I'm talking about unless like, you right. know, exactly. Now for me, all of, all of my firsts were with my husband and I don't want him feeling uncomfortable around his friends that may listen to this or any of that. Which is totally fair. Like all of my things are going to be anonymous. Obviously, I will talk about things with my husband. Like that's just going to come up. But talking about like my first experiences and how that was. I was a teenager, a very young teenager. And that was, you know, with someone that I don't really talk to anymore. We do talk every now and then because we have each other on Facebook and Snapchat and like that kind of thing. But we both have very separate lives now, live in different parts of the country. He has kids and a wife and I'm married and like, you know, it was just that natural most that happens mm -hmm. to most people and their first major relationships, you know? Right. Um, but for you, like, kind of you've been with Connor for you know since the beginning of time <laughs> right exactly so 
Connor and I have known each other since we were 12 years old, and we basically started dating on and off since then. So all of those firsts have been together. Which is super special. Like, that's Mm -hmm. very rare. Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, I think most teenagers do thought I was going to, you know, get married and be with Mm -hmm. that person forever. But obviously, it very rarely works out like that. But for you, it actually did. Right, exactly. It's, it's very weird. I get to, you know, middle school sweethearts, not even high school sweethearts, like before then type thing. Right. So a lot of this podcast also, like we have mentioned before, is going to be talking about breaking down purity culture and those standards set in by Yes, the church, but also it's not just the church. And but, well, I do think that a lot of our taboo discussions about sex, whether it's in the church or outside of the church, does come from the fact that the United States as a whole is a very, I know it's not a theocracy or a theocratic <laughs> state, but when you have such a religious presence in the government and just within society itself, It's not like that doesn't bleed into societal standards and societal norms. Definitely. I mean, even going back to, you know, the first white people that got here, the the Puritans, we they left England and Europe because of how which they weren't even that free sex. But the Puritans thought that they were very, you know, free sex and love. So they came here to be even more conservative about all that stuff. So it started way back then. Exactly. And. I am not a parent at this point in my life, and I don't know if I ever will be. However, like that's something we will talk about is, you know, how our parents were with sex. And Mm -hmm. that's I know that that's difficult as a parent. But one of the things that I would definitely be is much more open with my children about sex. Absolutely. Because that's something that is hard to talk about. But that's why we want to say, you know, in this one, let's talk about sex. Exactly. Because it is something that is, in my opinion, it is a biological gift. Like there are very few species that do this for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And we are one of those. We get to do it. It's not that we have to do it. We get to do it. You don't have to. There are plenty of asexual and Mm -hmm. also aromantic people that have no interest. Totally fair. right? And that's fine. But... You can and just do it for funsies. You can do it for reproductive purposes. And unfortunately, also in religion, women are expected to do it for reproductive purposes. And their pleasure also does not get taken into account very often. But that's right. a conversation for perhaps a different time. <laughs> but when I was growing up, I was brought up in a Protestant household. We were Methodists for most of my life. And at least with Methodists, other than the Westboro type Methodist, <laughs> which that is a sect of Methodists, if I am not mistaken, but not that kind. So we were obviously taught to wait until marriage for sex. And it was very much wrapped into that purity culture. I got a ring that said true love waits when I was in eighth grade, which is super gross. <laughs> which I will never force that upon my children or those ideals upon anyone else. But it was very much like cover up actually modest is hottest was taught in my household and in my church, which is where the name of this podcast came from. (laughs) And it was just very much like we don't talk about it really. Like I didn't 
learn about sex. I don't remember learning about sex from my parents. I remember learning about sex from one of my friends in like fourth grade. Mm-hmm. That was about me. I think third grade is when I learned about it from a friend. And maybe they did. And I'm sure they planned on bringing it up eventually. But either I don't remember it because they didn't make it a significant conversation or they skirted around it so much that I remember my first conversation about sex being one of my best friends that I am still friends with today was like the girls thing or the boys thing goes into the girls thing, not <laughs> sex. And we were like, yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And that was in my swimming pool. Like <laughs> when we were just hanging out and she had been told what sex was from her parents who got to her first and then she got to me. Mm-hmm. And the scary thing about that is if your kids get got to, <laughs> if one of your friends, I mean, one of their friends, relays that information to them before you are able to as a parent they now have control of what your child thinks about sex and you do not yes and it's usually way wrong information in this case she was technically correct that's good because you said her parents talked to her so it's not like in my experience the way i heard about sex was from a friend who watched their older sibling do that like they didn't have a conversation about it they just went oh yeah my brother was doing this and told us all about it the next day That's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. At least there was, her parents were kind of getting ahead of it Mm -hmm. before mine. Now I'm surprised that my parents and her parents didn't have a conversation about this beforehand because they were also really good friends. So Mm -hmm. typically they would do things like this together, but at least her information was technically correct. Now I should have had some more context, (laughs) you know, why do we do that? Right. You know, what, and what, purpose and what kind of situations and consent is Mm -hmm. also something that needs to be talked about when you talk about sex not just what it is on a physiological level but also things like when and consent and all of those things as well but basically even right after that like the first pregnancy rumors started in fifth grade Oh my god. Yeah. Like what? this poor girl. That's so sad. I know that n- nobody really liked this rumor went around that she was starting to have sex because she hadn't gotten her period yet so she couldn't get pregnant so she wanted to start having sex. 5th grade, y'all. 5th grade. Wow. That's so fucking sad. Yeah. So, if you are a parent, I know it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but I think back, really think back about those conversations that you had when you were a child with your friends, Mm -hmm. they're going to be had. And now, especially with the age of social media, Mm -hmm. the access to that, that stuff is going to be even had earlier and earlier. Exactly. Like to think about it now, I mean, parents don't really even consider talking about it until, you know, you're a teenager and you have your first boyfriend, girlfriend scenario. It's too late by that point. I knew at nine years old, that was, that was the time to talk. Exactly. I mean, do I have the answer of the age? No. But I mean, like, fourth grade, like you said, like eight or nine, Mm -hmm. now even earlier, like, it's hard. Like, I know you want to keep preserve your child's innocence, but also this 
education can protect them from things like sexual assault when they know what's going on. Also use words like penis and vagina because they need to know those things so they can also accurately tell you things that are going on that maybe shouldn't be. Yes. I mean, so now we're delving into something that is very personal to me and it's very funny and y'all can laugh at me, but this is how much we didn't know what sex really was. And this is why it really should have been an actual conversation because that same time frame that I was hearing about my friend's brother having sex it was like uh, five girls and like five boys and we were all kind of kind of friends we were like that was like our clique of people kind of and we all started this game called squeak and it was called squeak because of the sound that a bed would make when you have sex it was basically just tag that's really all it was but we would yell squeak at each other and actually got us in in with the principal we got pulled into the principal's office because she wanted to know who started it and why we were doing it because it was a very sexual thing and we didn't even really consider it that way but because of what it is because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing and our parents didn't talk to us we actually got in big trouble for that shit yeah like which is unfortunate because you shouldn't get in trouble for something you don't understand correct and that's just gonna scare you further correct you should not have a fear and that's another thing too you should not have a fear of sex which is something that religion tries to instill into you especially because of this purity culture especially for women mm-hmm. Absolutely. Big time for, for girls and women Now, I will say that I'll get into kind of my purity culture experience and a purity retreat that I went on, which was kind of gross. It was all kind of gross. Just purity (laughs) culture in general is gross. Right. And oppressive and sexist. But especially like when you get into traditional wife things. and Yes. Yeah. No. Trad wife culture, if you will. But... When you don't, like, understand what's happening, it can be very scary, and it grows up to be very taboo, and when you start getting curious about those things and feeling things in your body changing, it's, like, it's it's more, like, okay, and also, this is hard to kind of, like, enunciate, I guess, like, when you're scared of hell... Mm-hmm. As a child growing up, every thought you have, you think is being spied on. So mm-hmm. like, I think I've mentioned before, like, oh my, I stubbed my toe or hurt my arm or something. And I said, damn or shit or hell or something. I was like, oh my God, I just cussed. I'm so sorry, God, like don't send me to hell. And then you start getting sexual urges mm-hmm. and you haven't really been taught about sex in the church at this point, but you just know there's something dirty about that. Mm-hmm. Imagine that kind of guilt and shame as well. And then once you are taught about that, you're like, oh, I was right. I am dirty. Right, exactly. And so then it starts into you can only do these things when you're married, masturbation is bad, all of these very natural things mm-hmm. are off limits bad and it's even worse and like the mormon church when they specifically bring you in and ask you like have you been masturbating and all like these very invasive inappropriate questions you shouldn't be asking minors period yeah that's so fucked up yeah so i don't know if like 
purity culture was a big part of your upbringing or if it just wasn't ever really talked about. But I do know that, you know, you were brought up Catholic and obviously you shouldn't be doing nothing when you're Catholic either. Yeah, it's funny because I actually told Connor recently, I was like, you know, it's funny to say that, you know, I was raised Catholic and it's almost like a light religion compared to what I've heard from you. And he has a Mormon friend and things like that. But honestly, it really wasn't that big of a deal to me. Like we, we hung out, we went to mass occasionally and we did like Wednesday night Bible school stuff. And that was basically it. But mostly it was just to hang out with other kids. Like, or maybe that was just the way I took it. Religion wasn't something that really affected me that way. It is now as an adult looking at what religion is doing to other people. It's upsetting me more than it ever did when I was younger. The problem that I had was the fact that sex was never talked about. And I'm sorry if my mom or anybody in my family hears this. It's going to be a very personal podcast, so you're going to hear this information. My mom was a very sexual person, and she was a single parent. So she would often have boyfriends or things like that, and I would go over to their house, and I'd see their porn collection, or I'd hear her having sex in the next room. And then there was no conversation about what was going on. So that left me with a very we don't talk about it thing. So it wasn't really religion that did that. It was it was definitely a parental thing that caused me to have that. And I love my mom. Like I forgive her for that. I really do because the same thing basically happened to her. Her parents didn't talk to her about her period or anything like that. So I get why she did that, but that's what fucked me up. So definitely you you got to talk to your kids about it. I know it's uncomfortable, but because she never talked to me about it, I ended up with I I mentioned it in our first episode And I'll talk about it now here. I ended up with a disease called vaginismus. And it basically, it makes intercourse incredibly painful because my vaginal muscles basically clench so hard they don't want to let anything in because it's also called the princess disease because you're like a little princess who never heard about sex, doesn't want to have sex. You just want to be this cute little cartoon thing forever. And that caused me huge problems my whole life. When you have been psychologically damaged is a heavy word, but when right. it has affected you deeply enough to cause a physiological response, right? because it has one been not talked about, but something that has mm-hmm. been so prevalent in your life to the point where you cannot then do something obviously like parents it's a really scary job one of our Mm -hmm. friends was in town and she recently and she has two kids and is about to have a third we were driving back from one of the events of your recent wedding so congratulations (laughs) thank you and I was telling her I was like I just cannot wrap my head around being a parent Mm -hmm. like it's really difficult for me to do that because The role of a parent is something that is so intense. You have Mm -hmm. a literal life, but not only like a physical life, but the mental well-being of a human relies on the way that you raise them. And everything that you do affects them for the rest of their life. And here you are in your 30s still dealing with things that it's not like your parent does this thing to you on purpose Mm -hmm. but you have to acknowledge that you can't just throw your kid aside and say hey just chill out for a little while while I do this and expect them not to be paying attention to everything you're doing 
or not doing. Exactly. Or even something you just say offhanded and you don't realize that 30 years later, they're still thinking about that. They've still internalized that. Right. And sexual health is so like all of everything that we do is obviously important in making up who we are. We're talking about sexual health. It is so it's such an integral part of who we are as people and as social creatures. So like, and I'm not trying to turn this into something that it's not, but like, imagine had you had to date outside of Connor, Mm -hmm. like how difficult that would have been. And he, you know, has been such an amazing partner for you. And he's absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, there are times when it would hurt or something and I would just sit there and bawl like we couldn't actually do anything and he would just sit there and hold me. He's been the most patient, the best person. But yeah, I couldn't imagine going out to a bar or something trying to meet someone and then they take you back for, you know, they want they want to have sex and that's just not going to happen for me. And there's a lot of guys out there, especially, you know, when you're drinking and you're an asshole that would probably have torn my soul apart. Like I would not have, my self-esteem would not have been able to handle it. Right. And, you know, this may be vaginismus is something that, you know, we should probably explore completely on its own because I would love to do an episode on it. I think I've even got some people on Instagram maybe that might want to come on and talk about it. Because I think that that's something where you is incredibly, I would imagine, you know, this is for you, not me to talk about, incredibly isolating. Absolutely. You feel like you're the only one in the world that has this problem. Like, why can everyone else do this thing that you should just be able to do and I can't do it? Absolutely. I mean, literally, gynecologists don't know what it is. There's many times. In fact, I love you guys. I do. And I know you're just trying to help. But even you guys as my friends, I told you I have this problem. And one of our friends said, you just need to have a drink one night and just calm down. Gynecologists will say that. That doesn't work. That's not how it works. You have something deeply psychological that you need to deal with. And you have like, I went through all of these, you know, basically dildos, all these dilators to try to get my muscles. Basically, they spasm and that's what hurts. So I had to get my body used to them not spasming. I had to leave them in for like half an hour and just lay there in bed. It's a, it's an intense process to try to get over this. And it is incredibly isolating. Like until Instagram, until Amanda got me on Instagram and I found other people like me, it was so lonely. Like I went to my very first psychologist about this and I said this is what I think I have I had already done the research I I thought I had vaginismus and she goes no that's not true you're just scared literally that's the definition of vaginismus is being scared of sex so she didn't even know and her saying that turned me away from my actual diagnosis for another decade so I still just had to deal with this stuff for a long time it's very sad and it all comes down to how we deal with sex in and not how we as like but how we're raised around sex how Mm -hmm. how are our attitudes around sex when we're bringing up children or how we were brought up and not always sometimes it's trauma outside of what our parents Mm -hmm. could deal with I'm just saying like how was when we were being raised what happened at these very early stages of our life to affect us as adults because that carries with us forever 
Absolutely. I mean, even at a very young age, I remember going into my mom's bedroom and she had, you know, the the old fashioned VHS tapes of porn and she'd be at the grocery store and I'd watch them. And it's not, it wasn't a arousal watching them. It was a, what are they doing? Or, like, doggy style i know you know it's it's fun but i'm watching the tape going why is she having to put in all the work like that's all i i noticed is how the woman has to do all of this extra stuff not realizing that she might be doing it for fun or pleasure or any of that because i didn't fucking know it's like national geographic literally exactly yeah Yeah, i i remember one time my one of my friends and i we wanted to watch like an x-men vhs or star wars vhs i don't remember in her brother's room because he had the vcr but her brother was a teenager Uh oh yeah (laughs) and so we go to oh you know turn on the tv and it's a a porn tape playing and his their mother was furious but we we just kind of we're like watching it together and and it wasn't Uh like a like you said it it wasn't a like ooh kind of thing it's like a curiosity "Hmm." like what is happening yeah like I'm so into like what they're doing but not because it's just like a what what is happening kind of thing you know like what are what are they why are they doing that exactly (laughs) like what is the what is the payoff here (laughs) right but and and it's all like you again don't want your kids to be see to like not know what they're you don't want first of all you don't want that to happen anyways but also it's kind of like context is nice to have exactly especially you don't want them looking at porn as their first sexual like seeing and thinking that that's what they have to live up to like my whole life I assumed that's what I needed to do yeah and there's a a lot of things wrong with the porn industry but yeah. there's nothing wrong with porn like that's no. okay but you know like you, you but still, it's also very different from like real sex. a lot to live up to yeah yeah <laughs> so when I was I I always was my mom called it boy crazy like mm-hmm. so when I was growing up I remember having we're gonna call it boyfriend but like I was four I remember (laughs) when I was in preschool having little boyfriends right so I remember this kid Jason like we would like hold hands and like you know like do these little like you know like put our arms around each other and our parents thought it was so yeah it was adorable right yeah and then I that behavior just carried all through like kindergarten. There was another kid like, and my mom, you know, I just always boy crazy. She's just boy crazy. She's been like literally my my entire life. I just have always been so attracted to relationships and mm-hmm. having a significant other. So it wasn't a surprise to me that I was interested in sex before I even really knew what sex was, and when. I mean, like second grade, I had crushes and, you know, the phrase when I was in school was, will you go out with me? And, you know, mm-hmm. my parents were like, go out where? And I'm like, no, it just means, will you be my boyfriend? Like, yeah. shut up. You're so old. We go in steady. In You're your- right. <laughs> <laughs> Going steady is not a thing anymore. It's will you go out with me? And I mean, all of that, like first grade, second grade, third grade, there was always like a object of my affection, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I wish that my parents had seen that as something. Yeah, it was cute for a while, but should have been a signal. Yes, definitely. We should talk to her about sex a little earlier. Exactly. Because once she figures out that shit feels good, she's she's gone. Like <laughs> she's gone. <laughs> she's gonna have sex with someone. That's that. Because that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so middle school comes around. I'm you know thirteen. Well, twelve. I'm twelve years old. Twelve, seventh grade. I get my first like boy, like first real boyfriend. Let's say, okay. and. He, I've dated like a bajillion Davids, right? So, um, but this is like one of them. And we like go to a movie and this is like when I first like make out with a guy, right? Okay. What's really scary about not being taught about things because you're taught in the church and you're taught just not to do them. That doesn't work, by the way. Yeah. Kids are going to do it. They're just going to hide it from you. Just That's exactly why spanking Correct. doesn't work. You're just gonna, they're just gonna be scared of you. <laughs> and they're right. just not gonna tell you things. So I started making out with this boy and I had this pond. So we had three and a half acres and we had a pond in the back of it. And the pond was on a hill. So if you walked around the other side of that pond, you couldn't see anything. And so we would just go fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Fishing was not fishing. I didn't have any <laughs> fish. I didn't have, like, sometimes I wouldn't even bring my fishing pole and ain't nobody know that. <laughs> You didn't notice. I didn't have my, didn't like take anything with me. So we would just like lay down on the grass and make out. Didn't do anything other than that. This is an, again, sexually explicit podcast. So I'm just going to put this <laughs> out there. This was the first time that I like noted. I thought I started my period. If you know oh, what I mean. Oh, okay. Okay. So you were like real wet. The making uh, out was nice. Like, it wasn't like, but like, I didn't fucking know what was happening to yeah. me. Like I had no idea. So I went, walked back up to my house. I was like, oh my God, I, I started my period. Right. And I get back to my house and I'm like, I don't, there's nothing. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening to me? I literally remember the first time that ever happened mm-hmm. to my knowledge, you know, like yeah. that was, you know. And I don't even remember the first time that I ever learned that that was an actual thing. I just remember the first time that that happened and I didn't know what was going on with my body mm-hmm. because the purity, purity, the puberty things <laughs> that they teach you in school are bullshit. Yeah. They're just like put deodorant on and for a girl, here's a book to show you how to put a tampon in. You're going to get a period. Here's a video about a girl getting her period at a sleepover. Right, exactly. That was also, it. for somebody with vaginismus, putting a tampon in is the most terrifying thing ever. So don't show me a book of how it works. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, use a pad. It's fine. Right. Like, that's all we... I couldn't imagine using a fucking tampon in fifth grade. Are you kidding me? Right? Also that. <laughs> I think I used one for the first time in seventh grade at church because that's all I had. And mm. it hurt like a motherfucker. And it was one of them cardboard ones. And I put Ugh. it in crooked. And it was uh. awful. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but that's how early I started doing stuff to like, you know, like was 12 years old. I mean, that sounds about right. That's when I had my first kiss with Connor. I remember laying on my bed and we were like spooning. We weren't actually doing anything. We were just spooning and my mom walked by and I just remember her giving me like this dirty look and walking away. She didn't say anything. She didn't, she wasn't like separate yourselves or anything. She just left. 
and then we never talked about it. Yeah. Well, I hid mine. (laughs) (laughs) Out by the pond while fishing. Yeah. Like, because I knew it was not going to be a conversation that was welcomed. Yeah. So with that boyfriend, we didn't end up going past that. But then I had another one after that in eighth grade. That's when the, y'all remember, like, you know, when you would stay up on the phone and hide it, like, way past your bedtime, you know? Like, yeah. That's when the, this is what I'm going to do to you if we start doing stuff, conversation started happening. I don't know if y'all started doing that. On the phone or sexting? Because sexting, that's, I did that, but I didn't do on the phone. Oh, no, it was on the phone. I'm too shy for that. We were too. Me and this kid, oh my God, I'm not going to say his name because he has a very unique name. But, and people will know who I'm talking about if they listen to this podcast and this, I don't want to embarrass him. Yeah. But, he, we were both so and I had entered my emo phase at this point we were both <laughs> little emo kids <Dang>. and <laughs> and yeah no it was on the phone and it was so awkward and there was I all fucking this, bet like, yeah well because I couldn't text it cost too oh, much money yeah you know in like 2006 or whatever so yeah, it was on the phone and we broke up before we ever got to do anything. But so since I had started that conversation, I was like, who's next? <laughs> We're doing stuff. Like I'm, I'm right, ready, okay. you know? Yeah. Eighth grade. Like you're getting ready to go into mm-hmm. high school. Definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So the next boyfriend I had, that was that. <laughs> that was that. That was starting the, you know, all of the foreplay type things, but not the sex yet. Not the sex yet, but all the other stuff. That, that was all that. That was in middle school. High school comes around. I'm a freshman. I meet just the man of my dreams, <laughs> I think. And pretty much as soon as we meet, if you know me, you know exactly who this is. We were together for two years until um, I started my junior year. And me and this dude, like, God, like, it was, this was going to happen. It was like, I was 14. And then like two months after I turned 15 is when I lost my virginity. Now, virginity is a concept I do not agree with. And I think it is stupid. And I would think we should just get rid of it. Agreed. But for the sake of the conversation. Right. Well, we'll say I lost my virginity. And now in the back of a Ford Focus, <laughs> In my driveway. I don't know why we couldn't have just walked in the fucking house. In your driveway. Yeah, there was nobody home. I don't know why we couldn't have just, like, I guess to make sure nobody was, like, coming up the driveway. But at that point, we're busted anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess it's good because you had neighbors, like, way far away, right? I mean, like, they were not super far away. Like, you could just, like, walk a couple, like, I don't know, like, eh, not a couple feet, but, like, you could walk over there and you'd be, but there were a ton of trees. Like you could. Oh, so like, they couldn't like watch you from their porch or something. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. And I didn't actually have a neighbor on the other side. It was like a water company. It was, that was just like ah. in a random house. So yeah. And so, I mean, and that was when I was barely even 15. And right before that though, my church took me to a, a true love waits conference. And let me tell you, true love waited about six months. <laughs> if that this conference, what my church did that I will commend them for is they did actually talk about sexually transmitted diseases and infections. 
which, you know, some of them don't even do that. They just talk about, you know, God and Jesus and don't do it. But they showed us, like, all of the disgusting pictures and, like, all of the, like, sex is going to kill you, like, you know, all that stuff. And then they made us pledge to be pure until marriage. And then they gave us all the rings and did all this crying and all that shit that I've talked about in Jesus camp and, you know. (laughs) Right. That stuff. But it was, like, the purity version. And the guy that I had sex with actually took my ring off my finger and put it on his keychain. (laughs) (laughs) But this purity culture thing, talking about purity culture, I actually, when my mom went, first of all, my mom went to this purity culture thing with me. Super awkward. I was going to say. I was like, how do I not pledge to be pure when you're right there? Right. Exactly. Like, I knew I wasn't going to wait until marriage. I had already started, like, talking dirty to guys on the phone. I was like, no, I'm not. I don't. Yeah. And by that point, you had already, like, fooled around, right? Or Pretty much, stuff. yeah. Yeah. And I had already, had already, like, figured out by pool jets that stuff felt good. <laughs> <laughs> like- and had you already met the guy that you had sex with? No. Like, were you, you weren't dating at that time. Okay. No, I had not met. So it hadn't gone that far, but you had already, like, yeah, done yeah. pleasurable things. Yeah. No, I had already figured out that I liked whatever this was. <laughs> like, this whatever was nice. This was. this was highly enjoyable stuff right here. <laughs> and they were trying to convince us that it was shameful and dirty and disgusting. And that we, and, and the thing about being a woman in this culture is they don't really say this to the men. They say this specifically to the women that you are used goods, that you are dirty. I don't know if y'all ever heard the chewing gum analogy or that you're basically chewed gum that nobody's going to want, that you're a crumpled up flower. That's not as pretty as the rest that you're dingy. And it's just so fucking toxic and it's so sexist and misogynistic and, Mm -hmm. But you men know. are allowed to do it as much as they fucking want because they're practicing for marriage. I mean, they tell them, like, hey, you shouldn't either, but, like, you're not dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're if, a man, and you have to sow your wild oats. Get out there. You're basically deflowered, and that's my biggest problem. Virginity yes. doesn't yes. exist. It's like virginity doesn't really exist for men. Like, it exists for women. Exactly. Or the fact that with women you're taking something from them. Like, I don't feel less of a person or anything after having sex, but the fact of virginity is that you're you're taking something from me. And that's so cruel. Such a cruel way to put it. If I ever have a daughter, I will not really teach her about, like, virginity. The yeah. way that, like, be like, yeah, I mean, you will have sex for the first time, just like there's a first time for riding a bike. And there's a first time right. for... Like all of these other things, this one just has a little bit more intimacy and you can, you know, get a little bit more emotionally involved in a person. But I think what we build sex up for the first time, we do that as like a society. Like yes. you can, it's okay to have casual sex. I don't right. like it. It's okay. I mean, even down to the, the hymen thing, Ugh. first of all, There's lots of women that don't even have it. There's lots of times you can have sex and it won't tear. You don't have to bleed and it doesn't have to hurt the first time you have sex. Please remember that, girls. If it is, then you're going too fast. You're going too hard. Don't fucking do it. I also think it depends on the person that you're with, too. Every man is built differently. Exactly. And you could lose your hymen, literally, as a man, just riding a bike. 
that's, I mean, TMI, but that's literally how I lost mine. I wore shorts that were too fucking tight. Literally, that's how that happened. So that's how easy that can tear. Tampons. Yes. on your anatomy. Yes. So that whole, you know, blood on the sheets or she's not a virgin, that's bullshit. That is fucking bullshit and that is terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah, exactly. Now, like at this purity culture thing, they, you know, gave us all the fucking bullshit from the Bible that they always do. Now, purity culture and religious trauma obviously are very hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Purity culture basically it makes all forms of intimacy and sexual acts, they're all bad you know, that take right, place before absolutely. marriage. That's can be damaging, scary, especially when, you know, it's linked to salvation and hell, like I was talking about. Right. And even in marriage, if you're not doing it missionary with the man on top, then you could also potentially go to hell. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it's, and it sucks. Cause like, you know, I fucking did it anyways. I'm like, mm. <laughs> But I was still in the church mm -hmm. when I was doing that. That has, that had to have been, I don't know, I guess surreal for you. Scary. Like, I was already leaving in yeah. my mind. Already like, on your way out. Because I had started, like, when I meant, when I talked about it in Jesus Camp and Hell House, like, I had already started dismantling all my beliefs. That happened before I even met this this guy that I was going to have sex with. Or even some of the guys that I had started doing other things with before him mm -hmm. so I had already started the, that process and I even the guy that I had sex with I had started telling him like he was raised Baptist mm -hmm. so I had already started telling him that I didn't really believe in God and he could he had questioned me on that a couple times because he did and I was like well they, do you not <laughs> have do you not see the issue that like what we're doing and like what mm -hmm, you're being right. taught and he was fine with it he was like no nah, it's fine you know well of course men are fine with it they're having fun they're having orgasms <laughs> god you know and maybe he wasn't I wasn't raised in his household and maybe they didn't mm -hmm. make it as taboo because his mother did openly talk to me about birth, birth control and that kind of stuff when they found out because we got fucking busted which was super fucking his awkward. mom did yeah that's awesome of her like that's yeah. really cool my mom did eventually too but <laughs> you have to or your kid's gonna get pregnant like yes it's just, exactly it, i think while i don't want pcos kudos to my pcos because <laughs> i'm pretty shocking sure i'd have a kid by this point <laughs> in my life anyways but i i remember asking god sometimes i just like i hope to god my mother never listens to this podcast like please <laughs> To a I god, I say a god, but I don't really. You know I haven't what even I mean. told my family we have this thing because I'm like, don't find it. Different Kristen, different Amanda. Exactly. Not yeah, I don't know who that is. The horror movie one. So I actually asked my mom on the way home from. See, your kids will ask these kinds of questions. They will if you put them in this shit. They're gonna ask you, and if you lie, they'll fucking know. <laughs> On the way home from this purity camp culture thingy, majigger, where I got a a ring that said "True Love," <laughs> I asked my mom, "Did you have sex before marriage?" And you know what she said? She said, "No." You know what she fucking did? <laughs> had, had sex, sex before marriage. Before marriage. 
she said she did other things before marriage. And I think that's a goddamn dirty ass lie. But don't don't lie to your kids. It's just fucked up. We we know shit. Even then, I was sitting in the back seat. I was like, mm-hmm, sure. Okay. I just don't get it. Like, I wouldn't feel, I mean, okay, I know I didn't grow up in your household, but I wouldn't feel different about you if you had sex before marriage. I do that you lied to me. Now I do. Just say you regret it. Right. You shouldn't. I'm not saying, but I'm just like, if that's the narrative you're trying to spin, right. you know, like, you know, I, I just, I don't know. And also sex in the Bible is for procreation. Right. So you're telling me that I can't ever have fun or get oral sex or like do all these other things. Cause that is not a sex that I want any part of. No, only if you're a man, you're the only one who's allowed to have fun. What about kinks? How dare you? Do you want to burn in hell? I just want a lightsaber and, and like. I'm saying like handcuffs. I'm ready. Tie me up. Let's do it. That is not permitted. <laughs> no. And it's like sex is a gift from God and God should be in your marriage and in your bedroom. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, so we down for three sons? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. No. Another thing that like. It, and it was, it was always hard because I definitely like when my parents found out it was like some super awkward shit happened because once sex started, boy, it was, <laughs> it was a whole lot of fun happened all the fucking time. We could not keep our hands off each other. Like I was 15 and he was 16 and like hormones are going fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. We thought like we were never going to love anybody more than we loved, you know, right in that moment. And like first love and, you know, into sex now. Yeah. Like it was the most passionate, like, you know, so every second we could, every second we were alone, we would take side roads. We would take the long way. We were like, no, we have band practice. Like we're, you know, we were both in marching band. Didn't fucking have band practice. That shit ended an hour ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Your kids are going to do what the fuck they're going to do. Exactly. So you either be supportive or you don't. And, but once I will say once they figured that shit out, then came the um, birth control talk, you know? Mm-hmm. which they did have and I did get on some birth control but it wasn't like it was like a oh you're having sex let's talk about it it was like a I cannot believe you're having sex yeah you know? it's a disappointment and anger thing yeah. that's sad you know and I will say like I I did appreciate his mom a lot because she was very like all right well you know have you ever thought about like birth control and my mom was like well what methods of birth control are there but there was still that underlying like I wish you had waited until marriage because now it's like, you can't give that, you you know, you want to give that gift to your husband one day. The fuck my husband, I can tell you right now, (laughs) I am a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because I'm on antidepressants. So anytime he gets any, it is a full on just gift. gift. (laughs) (laughs) It is a rare treat, but (laughs) thank you to mental health medication because that shit <laughs> sucks but you know like that that also is super problematic because it again it goes back to the you're not fucking there's nothing wrong with you right and if a man doesn't want you because you have had sex before 
or also this is incredible. This is a, it's not off topic, but this is not something that I have had to experience, but the Bible even and purity culture even demonizes sexual assault, which is just a whole like different level of horrific and disgusting and imagine going through purity culture and having something awful like that happen to you and thinking that you've lost something so precious. No, you haven't. Exactly. Like something has been taken from you, but it was not your purity. You are still beautiful and whole. Exactly. You- and not the woman that decides to be raped. I'm sorry. It's not. Yeah, no. Exactly. So... And it just the fact that all sexual activity, wanted or unwanted, is demonized. It's and to the woman, like you know, men will say, "I don't believe in having sex until marriage," but if they do, it's just like, eh, boys yeah, will be boys." It's just more of the patriarchy and more controlling of women. How do we control women? How do we control that uterus that we don't have to create babies? Ooh, let's make her think. That her vagina is evil and she should never put things in there until it's by me. Me. When I put a ring on it. Right. No, fuck you. It's and my I, body and I should be able to control it how I want. Yeah. And it's it's damaging. Like, I, I'm not going to deny and say it's not damaging for men and boys as well. Like, especially, like, one of my favorite creators grew up Mormon. And he talked about mm-hmm. how they would ask him, like, he was hypersexual and grew up, like masturbating and like all kids do like and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but he would be asked all the time and thinking he's going to hell and there's nothing fucking wrong with that but it fucked him up like you know and it's bad for everyone just everyone and girls are specifically also taught that they are like roadblocks for men to get to God because of the way that they're dressing or the way that they are moving, that they're a danger to the relationship between men and God because of their bodies. So that's something else that this purity culture movement has, has done. Like a man can't control his, his urges and that's just how god made him so women bullshit fucking learn okay there are great guys like your husband i assume has never raped anybody mine has never done it so you can you can fucking control yourself yes correct he has never (laughs) yeah exactly yes and my husband was also never really raised in a religious household and he never had a toxic relationship with sex or sexuality same so obviously it can be done and honestly the opposite is how this is like i'm not saying all rapists mostly what i know about is serial killers i know a lot of background information on them and why they get to be such sexual sadists and stuff is because their parents do this to them they tell them that it's bad and terrible and you know you're gonna go and pray the the, the lust away and things like that you are causing more of a fucking problem and you're putting these men out there that literally have never been taught really to control themselves they've just been taught to pray it away and when that doesn't work oh let's go out on the streets and do what we want to do right and then there were also teaching like this whole misogynistic rape culture 
and you know how I mean if you look at the Brock Turner case I don't know if y'all remember that but he raped a woman behind a dumpster and got three months and walked free yeah and now that's the woman's fault for drinking too because, much because we don't want to ruin his bright future excuse me because her future is i'm not saying it's totally ruined you can absolutely overcome these things but just for the sake of drama her life has been ruined at least for quite a fucking while she is not going to want to have sex or a relationship with anybody for a long fucking time and lots of therapy for him to have one fucking orgasm right you kidding me exactly so we also have that and then we also are because of these doctrines and the fact that we are not separating church and state teaching abstinence only sex education. Yes, that's completely wrong. I'm sorry. We've all, or most of us, I assume, have been through puberty at this point. Those hormones are a raging. And young love, it takes, you heard Amanda, it takes over everything. You're gonna, they're gonna have sex. They're going to. Abstinence is not a good doctrine to build anything on. Like, when I tell, like, I cannot, like, there was nothing, no religion, no scare of STIs or pregnancy was going to keep me and that boy from having sex with each other, period. Exactly. Like, (laughs) no, absolutely fucking not. And because we had all of that. I had been to the religious camp that showed us all of the pictures of syphilis and gonorrhea and chlamydia and I had obviously know that I could have gotten pregnant and he knew of all of the all of the same things that I did and I had told I was gonna go to hell and I knew all of those things and I fucked him in the backseat anyway you know what I mean like (laughs) it didn't matter it did not matter I loved him fully and completely even though I was young I know that I loved him Mm -hmm. and I would have done anything to be with him both just with him and physically like I was not like you could not have done anything or told me anything so this whole abstinent and only also studies show that when we actually do teach safe sex and offer like Colorado specifically so Shout out to where we live. When Colorado started offering birth control to teens without their parents' permission, teen pregnancy rates dropped dramatically. And that's awesome. Exactly. Like, if you're not going to talk to your kids about it, they don't want to talk to you about it either. So let's give them another avenue to be safe. Right. So, I mean, everyone shits on Planned Parenthood, but teens can go to Planned Parenthood. I love Planned Parenthood. Me too. Get birth control, get condoms like utilize those and when we're teaching abstinence only we're still teaching that shame culture that mm-hmm. absolutely nasty disgusting dirty like you don't need to be worried about your soul because you want to have sex that's why if if you're teaching that god makes us perfect and without mistake you know what i mean then why the fuck is he giving us puberty at age 12 13 i mean i know that we used to marry at age 12 and 13 i fucking get that then let people have sex at age 12 and 13 like correct fuck it 
Like, I know that, like, I'm, I'm not saying kids should just go out and start fucking at 12 and 13. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But what I am saying, you shouldn't be telling them that they're disgusting and dirty for having those urges. Especially, like, if you catch your kid masturbating at 12, 13 years old, oh, the fuck well. Close the fucking door and give it some <laughs> tissues. I don't know what to fucking tell you, you know? Right. It, it fucking happens. Like, just... I know that this isn't going to change the minds of evangelical Christians and that's not what we're here. Like, it would be great. (laughs) I wish. Yeah. But to have a conversation with parents, non-parents, if we reach a teenager that's feeling just like lost because they're being told that they're gross for like, you know, wanting to have sex, like it's okay. Like, nothing bad happened to me from having sex at a young age. Now, Mm -hmm. do it safely. Right. And be careful and don't get caught by your dad on the kitchen table. Because you will never recover from that. (laughs) But (laughs) everything else, it's okay. Like, as long as you're in a safe environment, you know, then... It's important to know what your options are. And there are free health clinics like Planned Parenthood and also just community. We have in Colorado Springs a community health clinic that will do things like Planned Parenthood for you. Now, Texas and things like that are a little bit harder. But they do still have Planned Parenthoods for now. For now. For now. Until they get taken out. Yeah. By the bills that are that are going on in lots of different places. That Handmaid's Tale bullshit that's happening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and I think it's also very important that the people that, you know, I know you can't control your parents, you can't control the ideology that you were brought up with, but just know that also the urges that you have are totally natural and... You're not going to go to hell. And I was going to bring up that there are other services if you feel uncomfortable even going to Planned Parenthood that you can look into. I know of Project Ruby, but I think there's other services like that that could definitely help people out. You can even, I did it the other day. You can order condoms and Walmart will bring them out to you. You don't even have to go in and, and have people watching you. Yeah, that was another thing. Like, me and this guy, we would go in to, like, buy condom stuff, and he'd be like, uh-uh, I don't want to go. And he's like, come inside with me. I'm not the only one doing this. And I'm like, I don't want to. What if somebody sees us? And he's like, get this fucking Walmart. Yeah, but now in this day and age, you can just order it on the app. They put it in the trunk, and I left, and I have to talk to anybody. Yeah, it's great. Dude. It's, yeah. Technology is wonderful. And, you know, like, I, I will say, like, my, my parents weren't, like, super anti-sex. They did try to pull the whole wait until marriage. I think a lot of that comes out of fear. If you don't want your child to get pregnant, I get that. But you don't have to go the purity culture route of right. wait until marriage to do that. I didn't get pregnant because I was given the option of birth control at 16 or 15 or 16 years old. Right. And even on those birth control things, sometimes it happens. And if it happens, parents, don't throw your kids out. That's fucked up. They need you now more than ever. Correct. And there are pro-choice options out Mm -hmm. there. 
that conversation needs to be had between both of you and both of you need to come to the same level of agreement but that's a conversation for a different episode <laughs> true but you know they keep trying to take those away from you so if you yes. are interested in those you can kind of look up what's happening in texas right now is a big one but they're not the only ones doing it either correct so they're just fuck greg abbott for one <laughs> but have those conversations as well and I I really appreciate my parents and his parents when they found out being like, all right, we got to get in the birth control because clearly we can't be around them. We both had, he had his own car and motorcycle. So we, he was, <laughs> we, we have several different options. And then when I started driving, I had, we both had our own vehicles. So it, it they could not do anything. About right. It. And even if you can, like you say, okay, I'm going to drive you from here to here. We went to the same school. We fucking yeah. skipped all the time. What are you going <laughs> to do? You can't, you can't control everything your child does. So. Absolutely. I mean, there were many nights that I snuck Connor into my room in the middle of the night and he would just leave a little while after. Like, yeah. Exactly. No. So growing up in a sex positive environment is not going to make your kids sex fiends, but it will make them sex safe. Exactly. That's all we're asking here. That's all we're asking. Yeah. So... I think obviously we were both raised in different, but kind of similar, like, I'm not going to say like absolutely sex negative, but it was definitely like sex taboo spaces. Yes, definitely. Uh, don't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it with you. So don't ask type thing. Yeah, that. Yeah. And I feel like if I had asked more questions then they would have answered, but it was not something where like, I felt like, Hey, let's sit down and talk about sex, which is same. what I hope that if I do have kids, I can create that space for them. Agreed. And also if you, if you have questions specifically about sex, you can ask us because absolutely, I ran a whole ass blog <laughs> answering questions about sex for like at least a year. I, I don't really know how to do it anonymously right now, but just make a fake fucking email if you yeah, are concerned. Absolutely. And I will never share your identity unless you specifically ask me to. I will not say names, but I'm talking like I used to answer shit of how to give a good blowjob, you guys. Like that's the kind of shit I used to answer. <laughs> I'm not saying I... Like, that's what this is going to be. I'm just saying, like, anything from, like, how do I deal with, like, a parent that is doing this or, like, even, like, I don't know how because I've never had sex and, you know, that just whatever you have questions about, that's what the space is hopefully going to be. Yeah, definitely. And as for me, if anybody, you know, felt connected to me talking about vaginismus at all, I'm here for you because I know how lonely it is. So definitely reach out. We also have, you know, would try to like to get other creators on this space. So, you know, we, if you have specific things and we can't find an ant or don't have an answer between the two of us, we'll find you one. Absolutely. So, if you would also like to share your experience of how it was in your household growing up, those are things we can share and then it would also spark a conversation. So please feel free to reach out. Our email is oddestishottest at gmail.com. That's a great way, especially because you can make a fake fucking email and email through there. Our Instagram is oddestishottest. Our Facebook as well is oddest is hottest and our twitter is oddest hottest because just <laughs> fucking i don't know twitter is that just makes me mad 
And before we go, I would also like to bring up, this is something that I will probably plug for a while at the end of our shows because it is important to me and to Kristen, even though she doesn't know I'm doing this. So if you are not vaccinated in the United States, Mm -hmm. I don't think this works anywhere else. You can text your zip code to G-E-T-V-A-X, get vax or 438-829, and it will send you places to get vaccinated within your zip code, several options where you can just walk in and get vaccinated. Please, please, for the love of God or whatever you do or do not believe in, (laughs) consider getting vaccinated. We are not currently set to hit our herd immunity. So please adults and we are starting to get kids age 12 and up on some vaccines able to get vaccinated. Please consider doing the right thing for everyone. Consider, you know, yeah. Just do the right thing. Again, text your zip code to G-E-T-V-A-X, no spaces, or 438829 to see where you can get vaccinated in your area. Absolutely. And don't forget, you can always send in other ideas that you'd like us to do on episodes. And even if it's about sex, we will definitely be coming back to that. We're still not sure how to end this, so bye! bye. <laughs>